Hey, Costa. Polly, how you doing? I'm... F- what, like, what is wrong with you? What do you mean, what is wrong with me? So two weeks ago, we have a conversation and we kind of, like, we kind of get a little bit heated because we're talking about, you know, I'm talking about using your remaining trades to to mix it up and pot up against against the leaders. And you're talking, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but then last week with Kane, you can't bring yourself around to saying, oh, you know, Polly was right. You know, I was thinking about it. You said, I can't quite bring myself around saying that Polly was right. But, and then you go on to basically say that I was right. <laughs> you, definitely like, went, you definitely went right. <laughs> I definitely was right. In fact, like what what you said to me ended up like I feel like I made a bad trade. It, it actually wasn't that bad in the end. Um, no, I think I think um, look, I listened to what you said. I let some of it permeate through, um, but I think I was still right. But I think there's you know perhaps some form of happy medium there where I took some of your uh, opinion on board a little bit. How many trades you got left, Costa? I've got four left. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm interested to see how you're going to chase first place with those four trades. Well, that's exactly what I want to talk about tonight. Oh, fantastic. Let's get into it then. Yeah, let's. so let's just do a quick wrap of the week it was Yep. Um, before we do that. Uh, yep. So it was a tough week for, for everyone, I think. So for me personally, I had Bailey Simonson, Tohu Harris, Burbo, and... Suali, who, who didn't play. I had the same four. Um, others would have had guys like Schuster, um, Cody Nikarima scored seven. Basically, apart from the, the Rabbits boys, um, everyone pretty much either didn't play or under, underperformed, more or less. Yes. Yep. Um, so I went from thinking I was going to have about 13 or 14 players to having something like eight. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I made one trade. I traded Bailey Simonson to... Um, Campbell Graham. Yep. Uh, he had a terrible score. He had his lowest score of the year, mm-hmm. or equal lowest score of the year, I think, with 33. He was actually on 24 and then got upgraded to 33. And on Thursday night, I think it was Thursday night they played, or Thursday or Friday night, I was so angry because fucking Tane Milne, who was playing scored one meter outside yeah. him, scored yeah. like 140 or something. Yeah. Um, and, and Graham just got nothing. And I had, yeah. I was, I was, because sh- I was trying to toss up between Graham, Tupu, and Ramian, and I was thinking, Oh, Tupu and Ramian are both going to score like 100 plus now. I could just see it. They're going to both score doubles. Yeah. Um, but as it turned out, they didn't. As That's I said, right. a lot of a lot of guys underperformed. Um, so, yeah, I made that one trade. I scored 695. That moved me from 44th to 66th. Mm-hmm. So I fell a little bit, but I always knew it was going to be a tough round. So yep. it wasn't that bad. Yep. How did you go? Uh, so my head-to-head opponent messaged me early in the week and said, I'm basically throwing in the towel. You've got more players than me, which I it was something that I've been keeping an eye on for the last uh, two or three weeks and sort of managing my trades just to stay three or four trades ahead of him. Uh, so that played into my hands quite well. Um, I didn't feel like I had to worry about my, my matchup as such. I had, I think, 10 players. Um I scored a seven thirty seven, um, and and that was without without trading in anybody for for last week's game. What I did do, 
Um, I was just in case I might need both my two trades this week. Um, last week I traded Bailey Simonson to David Fafita. Yeah. Uh, right. Sort of knowing that I'd want Fafita in my team um, and that he'd sort of be available this week and ready to go. Um, so yeah, I just, I just made a preparatory trade for round 18 and as such, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Cause your, your head to head guy had gave you the heads up that he was throwing in the towel. So you could just, just trade for this round. I mean, so how- he, he, even, even if he hadn't given me the heads up, like it was pretty clear that, that he wasn't going to be able to trade his way into a win unless a lot of things went his way. Yeah. Right. So how many trades have you got left? Uh, seven. Seven. Right, okay. So only three more than me. So what I want to talk about this week is, so I've been thinking very hard or reasonably hard and looking at the data mm-hmm. behind what I think is the best 17 you can have for the rest of the year. Uh-huh. So we're in the run home now where it's, you know, the buyers are done and dusted. We've got a little bit of like uh, residue, I suppose, from origin in that a few players might get rested this week. Um, but apart from that, we're basically we're ready to roll off into the sunset with our final teams. And that means putting your, putting a final team together with whatever trades you've got left and hopefully saving a couple from injuries. Yep. But there's been a lot of discussion on things like Twitter and various podcasts and blah, 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 about, you know, with the change in the game, what does that mean for like the final 17 makeup in the past where you'd like, you know, stack the second row, but now it's all about stacking the center wing. So I wanted to kind of test that and actually see what I thought was actually the best 17 and what the makeup would look like. And it actually comes out a bit different to what I thought it would. Can I make a, can I make one prediction about this before you reveal? It you me? can. Yeah. Uh, my prediction will be that the, the final 17 will require at least one second row reserve, if not two. No. Really? No. Okay. All right, cool. Let me so know. fullback, I'll start with fullback because it's just, non-issue basically like you're mm-hmm. definitely going to have to have two fullbacks like yep. the you know they're averaging some of them averaging over 100 turbo's averaging like 120 pappy's over 100 um for me the only i mean everyone will have turbo so it's just about picking who that second one is mm-hmm. um it's for me it's a two horse race between Ponger and pappy whenever he comes back yep um it's just a question of how long um if you've got teddy or something like that maybe you would hold him but you wouldn't be bringing him in i don't think um you know, maybe you take a a punt on someone like Latrell, but I don't think so. I think it's I think you're basically picking one of Ponger and, and Pappy. Ponger doesn't have a kicking anymore, maybe so. So I think if you've got the trades, the the ultimate option may be Latrell into Ponger. Yeah, for like two or three weeks. Yeah, Latrell until round twenty. Uh round twenty one, sorry, and, and then Ponger from round twenty one onwards. Yep. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think people will have trades to do that though. So, yep. Anyway, but yeah, but anyway, so so you're definitely going to have a one of your four reserve spots is going to be a fullback, mm-hmm. no matter what. So yep. that's easy. So then we go up to hooker, and and remember, like I said, the fullbacks, you know, they're all averaging, you know, 80, 90, 100 plus. So yep. kind of a no-brainer. But just remember those figures, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So if you look at hooker, um, there's basically four standout options at hooker. And all of them, so the, so the four are Brandon Smith, Harry Grant, uh, Ben Hunt, mm-hmm. and Reed Marnie. Now, 
Harry Grant's been on and off injured all year. Harry yep. Grant's actually got the highest average, but yep. they're all very, very close. It's, they're all like right around that 70 mark mm-hmm. over the course of the season. However, there's been some form lines there. So like Reed Marnie started really well, but his form's come off quite a lot lately or before he got injured. Yep. Um, so his, his form went like, you know, he was averaging 80 plus and it's come down last, his five round average is about 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas guys like um, Hunt and Brendan Smith are averaging like close to 90 over the last, their five rounds have five round averages are close, close to 90. Yep. So if you don't trust Harry Grant's injury history and you think, Reed Marnie's off the boil and, and Parramatta have a pretty hard run, mm-hmm. then that basically leaves Hunt and, and Brendan Smith. Yep. Who I think are both good options. And as I said, like the, the year round average is around 70. Yes. Um, but they've been averaging a lot more than that lately. Yes. So again, just keep that in mind. Yep. Those, those sort of numbers. Then you got the front row. The front row, there is uh, Papali'i, who is a standout. He's averages. Mm-hmm. Something like 85. Yep. Um, the second front row spot, and like could be basically anyone, but they're all averaging around 64, 65 max, right? Yeah. I was so, talking about Luke Thompson's TPGs, that kind of thing. Yeah. Joe Fisher Harris. Um, yep. Even Haas is averaging around there. You could argue that Haas may, may go on a bit of a run now that um, that Matt Lodge is, is yep. gone. But that's your second spot. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get a third spot, you are looking at someone like a an AFB or a, 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 any of those guys, and I can't see any of them averaging more than probably 65 unless they get very lucky. That's right. Yep. Um, so remember that number as well, 65 in the front row forward. Yep. Second row forward, we've got Dave Fafita, Tohu Harris, and Angus Crichton. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fafita's averaging 92. Uh, Crichton 74, Harris 73. Mm-hmm. And after that, we've got Tyson Frizzell, who's coming back, who's averaging 69, but hasn't played in ages. Yep. Panga Jr., 67. Mm-hmm. And then it goes down to like Mitch Barnett, 65. Luke Thompson's there. Mm-hmm. Cam Murray, 64. Yep. So, so for your fourth spot, like, let's say you're going to pick a bench second rower. Mm-hmm. You're looking at an average of like 64, 65. I disagree, but okay. Okay. Well, well who's going to give you more than that? Uh, one of the guys you mentioned, Fazell. 69. S- 60, I think 69 will be his base going forward for the rest of the year. Going back from injury? Maybe. But I mean, 69 is lower than both the hookers that we talked about. So, so again, keep that in mind. Well, I mean, lower by one point. Like that's sure. That's it's it's like neither here nor there. But exactly. But it's not better. And as I said, both those hookers have five round averages of like eighty six. So anyway, just as I said, just keep it in mind. Yep. Okay. I actually quite like Cameron Murray. Like I think in that South team, he's got a chance. Like he's a try scorer. He could potentially go really well and average like seventy five plus, but. That's not what the, the data tells us so far this year. Yep. I And I like Frizzell, and maybe that's something we can talk about shortly. So then let's talk about the halves. Yep. So what have we got in the halves? So at the halfback spot, I'm going to ignore Nathan Cleary just for the moment because there's so much uncertainty with him. There is a bit of news during the week that he might be back, say, around, around 20. 
Yes, I read that. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, yep. I think, and even if he's back in round 20, they've got a couple of hard games around then. We don't know yeah. if he's going to be going as hard as he was. There's still no, chance think, he might get I, rested. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think I think if he is back around 20, he's still only sort of around 22 by a target. Yeah, I agree. And then you got to find the money. Anyway, so so I'm going to discount Cleary. I'm not going to talk about Cleary in this conversation. Sure. So if you exclude Nathan Cleary, we've got Jerome Hughes, who's averaging 73, mm-hmm. and Daly Cherry Evans, who's is the second best, averaging 67. Uh, However, yep. Daly Cherry Evans is averaging 75 since Turbo's been in the team. Okay. So again, remember those numbers: 73 and 75. Yep. Five eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone's going to have Cody Walker, and Cody mm-hmm. Walker is the standout option at 5'8", so I'm not yep. even really going to talk about him, but he's averaging 78. Yep. And then there's Cam Munster, who's averaging 70, Adam Dewey, who's averaging 71. However, mm-hmm. Adam Dewey averages 76 uh, when he plays at the 6, and he's been named back in the 6 this week. Okay. Right. So again, remember those numbers. So let's assume, let's say you were playing uh, Jerome Hughes as your number one five, uh, halfback and Cody Walker as your number one five eight. Yeah, you could pick Daly Cherry Evans and say Adam Dewey and get and theoretically get an average of over seventy five from both of them. Yep. Then we've got the centers. So that's the mm-hmm. last spot. That's the only spot we haven't talked about. Yep. So in centers, um. So we've obviously got Ruben Garrick, who's averaging like a gazillion. Yeah, 83. Yep. 83, but since Turbo came back, it was like 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Totler, 77. Mm-hmm. Alex Johnston, 70, 72.6. Yep. And then it drops down to Val Holmes at 68. And Val Holmes He's injured on, anyway. He just got injured for a few weeks. Yep. And there's Dan Gagai, who's quite interesting at 67. And he mm-hmm. hasn't, um, he's obviously, well, because he played Origin, he's quite lowly owned. Um, and then it drops down to like guys like Corey Thompson, Sevo, Stags, yep. Adokar, and everything yeah. like the low 60s. Yep. And a bunch of guys that like, you know, people are picking up or have picked up over the last few weeks, like Ramian and Daniel Tupo, they're in the 50s. Sure. Ramian's 60, Daniel Tupo's 58, um, Campbell Graham, who I picked up 57. Uh, so, yeah, I, look, I, I appreciate that, but also I'm keeping in mind something that, that, that Kane mentioned last week, especially in the centres, it's not about average, it's about ceiling, right? Well, you've you got to think about that, right? So, uh, like, I'm coming to this, I guess, okay. but but at least on, on averages, we can see that there's only, like, because Nico, I haven't included Nico Hines in this conversation because mm-hmm. my assumption is he'll go back to the bench when, when Pappy comes back. Yep. So basically, there's three great guys there in Garrick, Toto, and Alex Johnston, and, and maybe Holmes comes back for a fourth. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, as I said, we're in the, we're operating in the 60s. Yeah. So so people are talking about stacking the centre wing. At least on averages, it doesn't stack up with everything else we've, we've talked about, right? No, it does not. Um. So so based on just pure averages, you would actually have a second um, hooker. Mm-hmm. You would have two halves and a fullback. Based on what so, I said, right? You would okay. have, so you'd have like Ben Hunt as your reserve hooker, let's say. 
with, mm-hmm. with say Brendan Smith, if you could. Yep. You'd have um, probably like like in your halves, you'd have Hughes and DCE. So, mm-hmm. so let's say DCE is your reserve half. Mm-hmm. You'd have Walker and let's say Adam Dewey. And yep. Dewey is your reserve 5'8". And then yep. you have two fullbacks. And that'd be it. That'd be your, your, like your best 17 makeup. So, yeah. So I was aware uh, how how shallow the, the, the center wing was. Um, and when I said at the, at the top of this conversation, I thought there'd be at least one reserve second rower. Uh, that was, for me, that was on the assumption that um, either Harry Grant or Brandon Smith are not going to be able to maintain their, their scores um, once they're both in the team. And, you know, they might get pretty close to it, but like a 68 in, instead of a 70 all of a sudden drops them out of the conversation of of that reserve spot. Um, so, so yeah, look, yeah, there's not much in it. There's not much in it, right? So, so that's why, and I think the the security of a second rower is a little bit better than a hooker. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Two, so you should be playing four halves, and you should be playing two fullbacks, and then hooker or second rower, whatever you think. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and look, the ceiling thing about the center wings is not wrong. Like, so I guess it comes down to things like expected value, but it relies on the fact that that let's say you've got six to choose from, right? And you've got to pick mm-hmm. four every week. It number one relies on the fact that you're going to be able to pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's like, well, if, even if you can pick them, like, how much are you going to be able to get out of them? So let's say a guy that averages sixty, like a or fifty-eight, like a Daniel Tupo, mm-hmm. like. Are you going to be able to play them to the extent that you can get like a, you know, seventy plus average out of them? Yep. Just by picking them on the right weeks, and maybe you can, but it's not a given. Mm. And and those guys haven't really been impressing. Like, like apart from like yeah, sure, Alex Johnston and and um, Ruben Garrick on the back of two of the best backlines. Like those two backlines are, are running the sweet play like like clockwork. Yep. But no other team really is apart from maybe Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Josh out of cars in that conversation, but like I'm not sure that Daniel Tupou is. I'm not sure that Jesse Ramian is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that those guys are actually going to give you those. Like, like are they often going to break a hundred? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think this stacking the center wing strategy actually holds up from what I'm seeing in the data. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I actually said it on previous con- podcasts before I kind of really thought about it. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's taking the second win, center wing, absolutely." But um, yeah. I mean, the problem is, I I'm not going to be able to, like, I'm not going to really be able to do it because I don't have the trades. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you about a particular trade in a minute, but I'll, I'll probably be running one one reserve half, one reserve fullback, um, maybe a reserve second rower, and a, and a center wing. Hmm. So I'm probably two two slots out of that perfect team. Like I'm certainly not going to be able to trade, have the luxury of trading Braley up to a Ben Hunt. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to be able to get a, a second what, or a fourth half, basically. I've got, got three pretty good halves. So I'm not going to be able to get a fourth half. So can we talk about Braley for a sec? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every, basically everyone's got him, right? And yeah. he's... Been averaging sixty four, um, season, yeah, which is not not that far off these hookers that we're talking about. These top guys who are averaging sixty nine seventy. His form's been awful. 
has it though? Or have they just had sort of a pretty hard run? Just doesn't run the ball very much. But like, okay, so the last time he broke 60 was in round 10. Yeah. 44, 58, 46, 56, 32, 46. Pretty rubbish. I'm happy to run Braley as a non-playing reserve just in case Brandon Smith gets injured for a couple of weeks and I can just plug him in and get 45 out of him each those two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's worth a trade for me to, to go up, as you say, to get a guy like Ben Hunt who might average kind of in the 70s somewhere against one of my guys who might average 65. I just don't have the trades to kind of do that. But, um, you know, if I had a bunch of trades left, I'd probably get rid of him. I just feel like, um, and this is this is maybe the, this is the same conversation about someone like Tyson Frizzell who's averaging sixty nine, and Ponga, that that last five game run of Broncos, Sharks, Bulldogs, Titans, Broncos, is, I mean, if you're if you're behind somehow and you need to stack your team with players from a particular real life team, I, I don't think you can do much better than Newcastle. At least for the for that for those last five games. Yeah, I guess so. So, like, so I'll take it. I'll take it. How much do you believe in Newcastle, though? But anyway, yeah. It's, I mean, I think it it does matter. Like, as as long as the team can score some points, and I think a a Newcastle team with Kalen Ponga in it, and also Mitchell Pearce back, um, can score some points. I, I think they'll be fine. You know, if, if they still lose, you know, thirty six twenty, that's fine. That's that's not a big deal. I just I just want to see sort of more points out of them, and I think I think you'll get plenty with with that five game spread. Yeah, and maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Braley goes over a few times or something, or sets up a couple of tries. But I just like he goes I, over once and sets up one try. All of a sudden, he's got like a seventy point average. Well, he's yeah, he scores better. Um, but it's just like too often that he's dropping like a, he's going to drop a forty or a thirty-five at this point in the season. Yeah. That I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to play him in my seventeenth unless I absolutely have to. Um. Hey, can I ask you? So, so I mentioned DCE, mm-hmm. uh, and I mentioned Jerome Hughes. I don't have yep. either of them at the moment. Yeah. I have Matt Burton. Yeah. So. Uh. So I have Satili, who I'm going to – I think I'm going to trade Satili to uh, Dave Fafita this week, and that would probably be my only trade. You can do that in one trade? I can do that in one trade. I've got heaps of cash. Mm-hmm. I could also do Corey Harrow and Nira. Yep. Um, but I think Satili is a bit more unreliable, so I'll probably yep. get rid of Satili. Yep. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. Yep. Okay. Um, and then – so that leaves me with three trades for the rest of the season. One mm-hmm. of those will need to be Hines to a fullback. Mm-hmm. The other two are, you know, for injuries, I guess. Yep. Only, only two spare. So can I, I guess my question is, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Burton. So there's a couple of things. Firstly, even when he's like, even when he's played in the halves, who are like, oh, he's playing in the halves, he's going to score really well. The games I've seen him play in the halves, I haven't really liked what I've seen. He did, He like one of the games he got really lucky, he popped over for two tries. Yep. Um, but he was on like a zero at half time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleary is coming back, so he's going to get pushed out to the centers at some point. That that yep. might actually not be that bad a thing for him, but I don't think it's it's great. 
I just don't know what to do with him. Like, and and those halves spots are so valuable. As I said, like ideally you would be playing four gun halves. I feel like with Burton, I'm almost reluctant reluctant to play him on a week to week basis. Um, so I could trade him up to a DCE or a Jerome Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Do you think that's a luxury trade or a waste of a trade, or what do you think about it? The, yeah, okay. I would actually but, prefer to get Adam Dewey, I think, given the Tigers run, but it doesn't suit the makeup of my team because that would mean that I would have to play SJ each and every week. What's wrong with that? Well, if he gets injured, I'm kind of fucked. Whereas if I get a halfback, I can, I've got like switchy potential with SJ. So I've got a bit of flexibility there. So okay, so I guess the first thing we the first thing we have to address is if if you were to trade in a half at all, you're out of the Nathan Cleary stakes for this year. Yeah, and that's worth talking about. So I I've resigned myself to not getting Nathan Cleary in. I would need to burn two trades to get Nathan Cleary in. Yeah, I just can't do that with four trades left. Yeah. Also, I'm not convinced that I need to because I'm not convinced that he will come back in round twenty, and I think he won't play round twenty five because I think Melbourne will sign up the money premiership by then and they'll just rest him. Mm-hmm. So that means effectively you're burning two trades for three rounds yep. of Nathan Cleary, and I don't think that that stacks up. Yep. That could be wrong on some of those things, but that's, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, so no, no, Nathan Cleary's out for me. I'm not, no plans to get him back. Right. Okay. So I, th- I think Dewey's the most attractive option to me um, just because I th- – from memory, Cherry and Hughes both have like two or three game runs of really hard games. And unless unless you figured out a way to sort of juggle them, so juggle that, one of so, the guys appropriately. Yeah. Um, and and Burton has that as well, but not for another two or three weeks. So Burton's got a couple. So the problem with Burton is he's got a couple of decent games. He plays the Warriors yep. this week. The Warriors actually have been defending fine. So I don't yep. think that that's that good a matchup. Then he plays the Broncos the week after, which obviously is a good matchup. Yep. The problem is he's got a 16 in his rolling average. Mm. So if he kind of just goes average for the next two weeks and then, say, Cleary comes back, then his his price might drop down to, say, 400K or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm fucked. I, can't, I won't be able to trade him up because I'd have to burn two trades. Yeah. So it, it feels like, to some extent, it might be now or never, yeah, despite the fact that, that he's got a couple of good games. Now... Okay, so let's look at the draws of those two guys a little bit. Um, and it's important to note, so in, in some ways, both of them are pods. Now, now Jerome Hughes is owned by like 50% um, of guys in the top 100, so he doesn't feel like a pod. But the top, none of the top three guys who are all like head, like they're a fair way ahead of everyone else have him. Mm-hmm. So he actually is a bit of a pod, at least against the top three. Yep. So that, I mean, I don't know if they're, they're going to get him this week or not, but looking at the makeup of their sides, I would suggest maybe not. Mm-hmm. So Hughes has got the Knights and the Cowboys coming up in the next two weeks, so two pretty juicy games. Yep. Then he's got two hard ones against the Panthers and the Seagulls. Mm-hmm. And he's got the Raiders, Titans, Eels, and Sharks. Mm-hmm. So it's it, call these... it three hard games in for the rest of his season. Yeah, but and three pretty bloody good ones. Yep. And one one medium one. Mm-hmm. Um, DCE. It's got the Dragons this week with kind of a fair few players out. Mm-hmm. 
probably no turbo, but I'm not convinced mm -hmm. that that's that bad for him. Yep. Uh, not having turbo around. Sometimes he does more when turbo's on around. Yep. Um, although his average is higher with turbo in the team. But... Mm -hmm. Then he's got the Tigers, Sharks, Storm, Panthers, uh, Raiders, Bulldogs, Cowboys. Now, the other thing to take into account is that I think there's much less chance of DC getting rested in round 25. Okay, yep. Because I think they'll still be probably fighting for a top four spot, mm -hmm. whereas I think Melbourne will have the minor premiership sign up. Yep. So I, I think at that run of games that you mentioned, there was really only two standout hard ones being Melbourne Power, but they're back-to-back. -back. But yep. that's kind of... So 21-22. Yeah, okay. So... The guy that I have in 21-22, well, sorry, the other guy that I have is obviously Sean Johnson. Yeah. And he plays the Warriors and Knights in 21-22. So I could sit, I could sit DCA those two weeks. And what's his ownership like? Oh, it's like 6%. No one, only my mate, um, friend of the show, Tim Moody in the top 10 has him. Yep. No one else has him. Yep. And he's also, oh. That's that's surprising. I, I I just assumed he was cheaper than Hughes, but he's actually more expensive. He's like forty k more expensive, but that's yeah. kind of neither here nor there. Look, I I think, uh, I think based based on that run of games uh, and ownership, I'd pick Cherry um, over the two. Now, the, the your question as to whether it's a luxury trade, I think your team once once you do that, they've defeated trade. I think your team need does not need to be touched in the forwards at all? No, it doesn't, no. Um, and so, you've already so for those at home, I've got, yep. I'll be playing Haas and Papali'i in the front row, Brandon Smith at, at hooker, um, Fafita, Harris when he comes back, Crichton, and maybe mm -hmm. Harawiranira as the fourth guy in the, in, the, um, in the second row. And I've also got TPJ uh, waiting to come back. Hmm. So, yeah, forwards are finished. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's I just think... really full back and half back. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I th I think in your position, whilst you don't have mean trades at all, I'd probably do do something like that. That is very interesting. I did not think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say you have to save that trade at all costs. Save it for what? You have to the, you have to go injuries. balls to the wall now. No, it's, it's fuck injuries. Like. <laughs> You're 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 in the. Are you still in top fifty? Uh sixty six. Okay, you're sixty sixth. Like you, you have to make your move. You know, yes, injuries will happen. You just got to hope that that it happen to you. Like you're not in a position where where you can re you can rely on that because a lot of these guys who are in positions one to sixty five may have more trades than you anyway. So. The, the only thing you can do right now is trade away from their teams and hope that they get the injuries. Yeah, maybe. Um, so just back to the, the difference between Hughes and DCA. So like I said, since Turbo's been back, the average is pretty similar. Like they've both been averaging pretty well lately. Um, so there's not a lot in it, even on, on form in terms of average. But Hughes is a lot more consistent. Mm-hmm. Like Hughes runs the ball so much, and he looks so dangerous when he runs the ball. Yep. Um, he just he almost never scores under fifty. Mm -hmm. Whereas DC is kind of all over the place. He could score twenty or one hundred and forty. Mm. 
Um, both of them, you know, obviously have a lot of attack. Yeah, the draws are pretty similar. We we said maybe maybe DC is slightly better. Yeah, it's... to me the the ownership thing is the is the clincher. Yeah, you need you need to vary your team. But if that's... I'm competing against the top three, well, none of them have him. You're talking about Hughes now. None of them have Hughes, and none of them have DCE. So, yeah, no. Compared to the top three, it makes no difference. But obviously, yeah, more yeah, people yeah, in the yeah. top hundred have. Um... Yeah, I, I, I'm very, I'm very supportive of, of a DCE trade. It's very interesting. Um. Yeah, so I mean, that's the, like pretty much what I wanted to talk about. Like, so I have heard a lot of people stacking the centers thinking that's the best way to go for the run home because of the big scores that some of the centers are going. But I'm just not sure that that actually adds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'll also add, like, DCE might be a great vice-captain option this week as well. Yeah, that's true. Although so is Hughes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So let's talk about that. Like, what do you think of the captaincy, vice-captaincy options? Uh, I think the standout captaincy option is going to be Cody Walker. Um, yeah, yeah, and and every, everyone will probably do that. What about um, Alex Johnston? Yeah, like I know it's riskier, but the, remember Cody Walker sco- scored so well last week because there was no Latrell. Yes, like he was the last pass every time. Yeah, so it could be that. Cody Walker doesn't get as many of those assists. I mean, I love the fact that Cody Walker seems to be roaming on both sides of the field. Yes. Um, it's good for my boy Campbell Graham, although didn't help him on the weekend, but surely. Yep. Um, again, like for me as a head-to-head player, Cody Walker's the, the better option. For you as an overall player in your position, I can understand going Alex Johnson over Cody Walker. Cody Walker. Yeah, what about other options? So, like, I quite like Nico Hines. Yes. Against the Knights. Um, yeah. As you said, DCE against the Dragons, maybe. The Dragons team actually, on paper, doesn't look as bad as I thought it would. No, it doesn't. So It doesn't, but still. I'm not convinced but... that without Turbo, they're going to put a massive score on the Dragons there. The Dragons have so, been okay. So that's interesting. So a lot of people put the VC on Garrick last week or and there was obviously people who who may have traded in Saab or played Saab or whatever. Um did we forget how crap Manly were before Turbo came back? Well I said on the podcast last week that like I called that out as a huge error. Yeah. Like he Saab was the most traded in and I was like, what are people thinking? Um Yeah. So I didn't forget, but I mean Garrick I actually I did vice captain Garrick last week, and one of the reasons I did it was because it was one of the only dry games of the weekend. Yeah, and Garrick had timed up the last time he played fullback, but I wasn't. I never thought it was going to be a great option. It was just kind of the, you know, the least shit option. Yep. Um. Yep. But so no, I wouldn't be. Like yeah, maybe DCE, maybe um. I mean, Papali'i against the Titans. Hmm. Pretty weak edges usually. Yeah, and that's uh, no, that's not the Fafita side. No, it's the um, I don't know if it's Fogarty or or Ash Taylor either. 
Uh, I think it's Fogarty. Right. Fogarty's a better defender than Ash Taylor. Hmm. One thing, so one thing I will say, going back to Tyson Fazell, who I was talking about earlier. Uh, so I was worried that with the two Broncos games around 21 and 25, he'd be running against TPJ, who I, I think TPJ is back around 21. Yeah. Um, he'd be running against TPJ, but no, TPJ has moved back to the other side, I think, since Alex Glenn came back. So that's the Alex Glenn side. And TPJ is quite a good defender. So it's so I was originally looking at Lachlan Fitzgibbon as, as like an interesting pod play, especially because Ponga loves going down there so much. But I think with Mitchell Pierce back um, and those two Broncos games on the non-TPJ side, uh, I kind of have a little bit of a Fazell love affair at the moment. Yeah. Look, his base is very good anyway. It's mm. just like, you know, how long does it take him to kind of reach full fitness after his injury? Yeah. So I don't, I don't mind the Frizzell trade. And if he only needs to go over for a meat buyer soon, he'll, he'll score very well. Mm. Um, if you did uh, get Adam Dewey this week, he's a pretty good VC option. Yeah, that's true. That's Suncorp Stadium. So, so the other thing, um, Suncorp Stadium seems to be a ground where there's just a shitload of points scored. Yeah. I don't know what... Why that is exactly, but it's going to be sunny weather up at all Queensland this weekend, and um, Suncorp seems to have a lot of points scored now. It's it's unclear. Like I wouldn't even know who to tip in that game. The Broncos are actually favourites over the Tigers. Hmm. So there's no guarantees that, like you know, that, that Dewey can put on a big score, but mm-hmm. it seems like a pretty good matchup. Yeah, I think it's a it's the kind of weekend for Tigers one to twelve bet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hey. But yeah, to recap, I, I think I think I'll probably go Cody Walker as my captain. Maybe yeah, maybe Nico Hines is my vice. Yeah, agree. I think that's what I'm going to do as well. Um, would you buy Milne at this point? Probably not. No, I don't, don't think I would either. But bloody hell, look pretty good on the weekend. Still pretty cheap. You right? Like. He's definitely, if you had him, you'd definitely be playing him this week, put it that, much, put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I have an interesting... So I've had Tyrone Peach in my team for about 16, 17 weeks. Oh, no, sorry, about 15 weeks so far. And he's he's been great, I think. I've been very happy with him, but he scored four points. Um, oh, yeah, week. what happened with that? He just had... I don't know. He just had only, I think, 25 minutes on the field and just did nothing. Man. So, so I'm trying to now, um, uh, I'm trying to now uh, decide whether to play him or Josh Schuster in my team this week. And I think it's going to be Schuster. But... Schuster, absolutely Schuster. I love Schuster. I haven't had him all year, but I love him. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, 100% Schuster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to know how many minutes Schuster will get. I guess coming back from injury, Lawton's still on the bench, isn't he? Uh, yes. He could share time with Lawton, so that's the only thing that I'd be worried about there. Here's um, one for you. Assuming, okay, assuming Tohu comes into the seventeen, do you play Tohu or do you play Matt Burden? Tohu. Hundred percent Tohu. Okay. Burton gives me no, like, I'm not confident in him at all. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, f- I feel safer in him than you do, I think. When when he plays in the halves, he sits behind the rock and just kicks on the fifth tackle and like doesn't touch the ball. Hmm. Um, I haven't really seen him put a try, try assist on. Yep. So he's basically relying on a few forced dropouts and maybe like in the last 20 minutes of the game trying to sky through and score a try. Yep. Um, but it's it's no, it doesn't fill me with confidence at all. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, we talked, we touched on Cam Murray. You, you're not a Cam Murray fan. I, I think I've just zeroed in on Frizzell for, for that if sort I, of second. If I was position. in the market for that sort of position, I think I'd be looking at Murray. Yeah. And I think I'd be looking at Frizzell and like, I, I can understand the argument for Murray as well. I just feel like I have a slight preference for Frizzell. Yeah. Okay. And I do think, as I said, I think I'd be looking at Gagai pretty hard if I was in in the market for a centre, which I'm not. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, and I think um, fullback, I think we wait because Pong has got that a uh, couple of hard games. I mean, Pong looks fantastic in Origin. Yeah. But he's got a couple of hard games coming up, and then and we don't know what's happening with Pappenhausen yet, so we you'd probably give Pappenhausen a week to see what sort of happens when he when he does come back. He's got like a 200 break even, so I think. I think you wait at least a week, maybe two weeks in the fullback position to decide what you're going to do there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing anyway. I'm not, I'm not making any rash decisions just yet. Mm-hmm. Holding no, on to Heinz yeah. for dear life. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, let me ask you this. I, I talked about Pichu before in my team, who is now sort of extra. I don't need to play him. Um, would you waste two trades to turn Tyrone Pichu into Brandon Smith? Who's your hook is at the moment? Braley and Connor Watson. Why can't you trade one of them directly up just to get cash? I, I don't have the money for it. Don't have the money. Seven trades left. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Be interesting to see one. how Watson goes for the rest of the season, given they have a very good draw. Yeah, but Mitch Barnett's come back to. Mm. that lock position, so yeah, uh, I feel like they're both going to suffer. I think you've got to get someone up there. You could trade one directly to Marnie, right? And hope No, that he... I've got like $8,000. Oh, so you can't even get Marnie. No. Uh, you might have to. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a lot of trades to burn for, for like a... What could be like a... I mean, it is an upgrade, but... Yeah, I think you need at least one of those those gun hookers up there. Yeah. You could wait for Harry Grant. But... Also, so like people seem to still be kind of holding off on Brandon Smith because of Harry Grant. I've said this a few times. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they actually impact each other that much. Sure. Look, I, I don't disagree with that, but I feel like a like a 5% impact is significant. Maybe. Like, I would very happily run with both of them. I'm not yeah. going to be able to do that, but, like, if I had the trades, I'd happily run with both of them. Yeah. Like, Harry Grant comes on, Smith goes to, to lock, and he, like, gets great service from Harry Grant and scores tries anyway. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and seems like his minutes are still sort of around that 60-minute mark regardless. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure that it matters. Smith mm-hmm. just looks so good at the moment. All right, uh, 
I think that's it. I just want to talk about the search and query unlimited group before we head yep. off. Yep. So the, the lead code is 469101. Mm -hmm. um, every time I mention it, we get a few more people in. We're up to 87. Mm -hmm. um, the leader at the moment is still the Eliminators. He's in sixth overall. Uh, that's Andrew, who, who runs the Eliminators. Uh, yep. A friend of the show, Tim, with the Villy Army, is in ninth overall and second position in the unlimited group. Mm -hmm. uh, I've fallen back to sixth. In six, with, in with my 66th yep. overall rank. Mm -hmm. And the Turbo Tammy Cup, fucking hell, I don't. So, so I played uh, uh, Dr. Kendo. Oh, yeah, who, who won? was on the show. He won by 23 points. Ooh. And you know that I have uh, Ronaldo Mulitano, who has now had three disallowed tries over the last two games, of which I've yep. had him. Yeah. And um, he got called back for a try off a forward pass with about a minute to go in that game, which would have netted yeah. him 27 points. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically ended my run in the Turbo's Hemi Cup. I don't think I can make the finals now. Yeah. So I nearly broke the television when that happened. <laughs> I was quite upset. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. Um, anyway, so hopefully I'm going to have a good week and move back into the top 50. That is my plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and we will see where the week goes. Who have you got in head-to-head -head this week? Uh... I've got our our friend George, big bunny supporter, but whose team is is actually stacked with storm players. So that's that's my threat. That's why that's one reason why I mentioned Brandon Smith um, right. a minute ago. Um, he's got Justin Nolan. He's got uh, Jerome Hughes and one other. I can't remember one other one other pod um, storm player. But so so we'll see. He's not he's not doing very well this season, but. Um, but yeah, I feel a little bit threatened. So we'll see. What Jerome Hughes does scare me. When I sometimes yeah. I think about Supercoach in terms of like who are the players I don't have that scare me. Yeah, and there actually aren't that many right now. Yeah, but one guy that scares me is Jerome Hughes. Yeah, he's absolutely. highly owned and they've got a reasonable draw, and he's just looking so electric on the field. He looks like he could score a try every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, thanks for the chat, as always. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. And uh, hopefully this, this episode will be up tonight and we'll uh, we'll speak next week. Hopefully. Awesome. Cheers, mate. All right. Take care. Bye.